Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. This evening, uh, we're going to look at some continued consequences. Over the past few weeks, we've looked at David's fall into sin and, mm-hmm. and all the consequences and troubles, troubles that came from that. And um, that's what Nathan told him what happened, the prophet Nathan, when he confronted David about his sin. God forgave him. David immediately confessed and mm-hmm. repented of his sin. But as you know, that doesn't always mean there's no consequences. Sometimes God is gracious and we don't experience that. Sometimes God is gracious and we still do. Uh, experience some mm-hmm. consequences for that, and we're going to yeah. look at that tonight. I'm, I'm sure you've heard the phrases uh, like father, like son, or the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, and we use words like this to describe the tendency that, that kids have to imitate their parents, follow after their example. Uh, we know scientifically that kids inherit traits genetically uh, from their parents, but they're also subject to think like their parents and behave like them because... They've been raised by their mom and dad. Obviously, that can be a good thing, or it could be a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And um, over these past few weeks, when we've been studying the troubles uh, in David's life, and they began in a very marked way when he chose to yield to the temptation to uh, lust, and then that led to murder, you know, Mm -hmm. David murdering Uriah as well as other soldiers. Uh, But in 2 Samuel 13, uh, this evening, we're going to learn that David's sons also followed after the example of their father in these sins, too. So uh, we'll kind of break it up uh, this evening. I'm going to have Pastor Tommy read uh, the first 11 verses, if you will, right now. Yep. Let's read there together. It says uh, in verse number one, it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on bed. And make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and give me meat, and dress the meat in my side, that I may see it, and uh, and eat it at her hand. So Amnon lay down and made himself sick. When the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come, and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, "Uh, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house, and dress uh, him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amnon's house, and he was laid down. She took flour and kneaded it and made cakes in his side and did bake the cakes. She took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Have all the men out from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amnon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thine hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made and brought them into the chamber to Amnon her brother. When she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. Well, in these 11 verses, we see uh, Amnon's plan to sin. And we're introduced here to a number of different characters. Uh, we've got Absalom and Tamar, mm-hmm. both children of David. 
uh, brother and sister, and then we're introduced to a, a half-brother they had, uh, Amnon, so another David's child, but through a, a different mother. Mm-hmm. And um, Amnon was David's firstborn son, according to 2 Samuel 3, 2. And so by birthright, he would, he would be the heir to the throne following David. But in these verses, we, we're seeing him follow David in sin. Uh, the end of verse 1 tells us that Amnon, the son of David, loved his sister Tamar. And not in the normal brother-sister familial sense. And really not, not even love, mm-hmm. um, according to the Bible's definition. What was Amnon's attitude toward his sister Tamar? Lust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's lust. And um, he has a friend we're introduced to here, a cousin actually named Jonadab. And in verse 3, it describes him as, as subtle or crafty. Mm-hmm. Um, Amnon knew it was improper to act, uh, really even to have the um, temptations he was having. And to him, the, it's sinful for him to take action on uh, his lust toward his half-sister. Uh, mm-hmm. But Jonadab, his cousin, uh, he, he helps Amnon devise a plan in verses 4 to 5 where he could be alone yeah. uh, with Tamar and fulfill these lustful feelings. Yeah. And it's interesting there what it says, you know, that he had a friend who wasn't really a good friend, obviously, mm-hmm. from what he uh, encouraged him to do. And, I, you know, I think we had mentioned this a couple of weeks back earlier in the same series about uh, uh, bad company corrupting good mm-hmm. morals and those kind of things. And I think this is a good example here of that, again, as well, a good application that the friend uh, has to be mm-hmm. a good friend, you know. And what if that had said Amnon had a friend and then later on in the same verse it, it had said who was righteous, Right. I mean, what a difference that would have made to have a friend who actually was a friend and said, hey, you know, this thing's not right. Yeah. <laughs> but he did not. He had a friend who was not a true friend, who was his cousin, who encouraged him and helped him devise the plan, like you said. And it tells himself. us there, Amnon knew it was improper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jonadab knew it was. But instead yeah. of turning him away from that, he's actually helping him. Yeah. Um, we just have to be careful who influences sin. our life. Yeah. It's so true. Uh, mm-hmm. And we learn Amnon followed his wicked cousin's advice. Uh, he even got his father unwittingly involved. I don't think David knew exactly what was going on here. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, it's sad. I think we can see some parallels between the sin of Amnon and that of his father David. There, there, this is a plan to sin. It's mm-hmm. premeditated. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happened with David, mm-hmm. wasn't it, with Bathsheba? I mean, they didn't, he, he went, yeah. I mean, something kind of happened spur of the mm-hmm. moment. But mm-hmm. then he didn't do what he was supposed to do. Instead, he, acted, he said, go get her. Mm-hmm. You know, send people to go get her and bring her to me. Yeah. And there was a plan to sin. Yeah, this is what, again, two <coughs> weeks ago, we were in, when we saw David sin, and then later on he had Psalm 139, I think it is, mm-hmm. that says, keep me from presumptuous, presumptuous sin. This sins. is a presumptuous yeah. sin. Premeditated, thought out, here's a plan, we're going to execute the plan. I know this is wrong. I know mm-hmm. it's sin, but I'm going to do I'm it. I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. It's presumptuous sin. Yeah, and in both situations, David and here with Amnon, that lust, that temptation of sin, I mean, that's mm-hmm. not a sin in itself, um, but lust and temptation of sin wasn't dealt with. And right. Instead, he allowed it to continue on in his life without a fight, mm-hmm. and, and deceitful scheming has taken place here. Back when Nathan confronted David about his sin, and David confessed and repented, there were there's still going to be some consequences mm-hmm. for that sin, and we're seeing those yeah. in real time here. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in chapter 12, uh, verses 11 and 12, when mm-hmm. Nathan told David this, he said, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I'll raise up adversity against you from your own house. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to even come into play later on. Uh, but this event is, is just the initial mm-hmm. example of David's sin 
um, that becoming reality, uh, yeah. the consequences there. Yeah, the magnitude and the the measure of the consequences a lot of times is so much greater. It's hmm. it's that principle of sowing and reaping. You know, when you plant something in the ground, you always get back more than what you planted. And so here the sin was planted, and so much more devastation came back from the sin than I think anybody mm. even realized. But God knew. I mean, God always knows, and that's why he warns us in his word against these things. Right. So that was a plan to sin, and we're going to learn now in verses 12 to 22 that he goes ahead with, with and falls into temptation, yields to it. That's the product of sin. I'll read these verses 12 to 22. Uh, it says, but she answered him. All right, so end of verse 11. Amnon says to her, come lie with me, my sister. But she answered him, no, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing should be done in Israel. Do not do this disgraceful thing. And I, where could I take my shame? And as for you, you would be like one of the fools in Israel. Now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. However, he would not heed her voice. And being stronger than she, he forced her and lay with her. And then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he loved her. And Amnon said to her, Arise, be gone. And so she said to him, No, indeed, the evil in sending me away, it's worse than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. And then he called his servant who attended him and said, Here, put this woman out away from me and bolt the door behind her. Now she had on a robe of many colors, for the king's virgin daughters wore such apparel. And his servant put her out and bolted the door behind her. And then Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went away crying bitterly. And Absalom, her brother, said to her, Has Amnon, your brother, been with you? But now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this thing to heart. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of these things, he was very angry. And Absalom spoke to his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. Mm. And it's here we see the, the product of sin. We learn mm. in verse 12 that really in, in this account, Tamar is the only godly, honorable individual um, that's mentioned here. She resisted her half-brother's immoral advances. But uh, verse 14, it tells us that Amnon forced her and lay with her. So mm -hmm. j just like in the situation with his father, David and Bathsheba, this is, is a clearly an, uh, an instance of rape. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Now, uh, from our knowledge of cultural and, and social norms of the time, uh, Tamar was probably between the ages of 12 and 15. That was how old she was here. Uh, most of the time, uh, girls in that culture would be at least betrothed by that age. Mm -hmm. So that, that she wasn't, when it calls her a virgin daughter, she hadn't been engaged or betrothed or married yet. Mm -hmm. um, and we know she wasn't, according to this. And I note that just, I think it helps us understand what Tamar said in her resistance in verses 12 to 13. She pleads with Amnon there not to do this thing because it's a shameful sin, but also because it would, it would ruin the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. uh, once this happened, she would never get married. Uh, and as a result, she would never have children. Uh, in verse 13, she even tells Amnon that, that if, if this is his intent, that it would be better for him to ask David permission to marry her. Now, I know that probably we recoil at that, right, in our culture, and, but that was not out of the norm in that culture, especially in royal families, mm -hmm. um, marrying a, a half-brother or sister. Mm -hmm. um, but the product of sin, what sin produces is death. Um, that's what God told Adam and Eve in the Garden of, of Eden. 
for some reason, I think even, and I know in my life, but uh, I'm assuming in others, uh, we follow their, their same example. Each time we sin, we don't mm-hmm. believe what God says, that the result of sin is, is always death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by doing that, we minimize uh, what sin produces. We, we believe the lie of Satan that you deserve this, you need this, or it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what Satan told Adam and Eve was, thou shalt not surely die. Yeah. And we believe that very same thing. Yeah. Um, now, death resulted in this situation. We're mm-hmm. not there yet. We're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's even like a symbolic or, or metaphoric death mm-hmm. uh, here for Tamar. That is the death of the dreams of her future life, uh, marriage. That's not going to happen for her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, no children, no family. Uh, and Amnon, Amnon took that all from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't love her. I mean, and even in the New King James here, and that word is, is, it seems ridiculous in this account. We know mm-hmm. that's not love. Yeah. Uh, he was dominated by lust. And, um, and that much is clear, I think, especially by his feelings toward her after he raped her. That mm-hmm. is described, if you look again at verse 15, um, it says, then Amnon hated her exceedingly so that the hatred with which he now felt for her is greater than the love with which he loved her. I didn't prepare you for this, but I thought you had a really good point. Could you just talk about what you said when we were talking about this earlier about how that thing with like how it's not just in this instance, Krista, but you know, anytime we sin, do you remember The situation and lust or a sin of lust is. And what what Satan promised you was not as good as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. resent the consequences of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, th- I thought when you brought that up, yeah. I thought that was a very good point. And I, that's been my experience in sin. And I think mm-hmm. it's true, like you said, not just in lust, but... Um, yeah. Well, it's the same pattern, really. You know, he said, I can find satisfaction my way, the way that I think is right, apart from what God says is going to bring true happiness and what is right. And I'm mm-hmm. going to satisfy what I want right now. Uh, and so he coveted and he took... Just as David did, covenant and taking. You following know, took his father's away example. And stole something. Uh, and I think what went on there in that verse in 15 is he knew he, knew he had sinned. He knew before mm-hmm. he did it that this was not the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. He knew he had sinned, and now he's projecting his own guilt mm-hmm. on her. Yeah. Um, and you can see the resentment, too, because in verse 17, he says, put this woman out there. Yeah. That's the change. Sister. Like up until those verses, if you go back and read it, sister, oh, sister, yeah. sister, sister, sister. And now point. it says woman. So you can see that resentment even coming out yeah. right there. And I think a lot like David, his father David did, one of, one of Amnon's problems is he's just seeing people as a commodity, mm-hmm. like for his own use. I mean, that was David's problem with how he viewed Bathsheba, how he viewed her husband, who was one of his fa- most faithful soldiers, mm-hmm. how he viewed Bathsheba's dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eliam, who was one of his most faithful soldiers. I mean, really kind of like a special forces bodyguard contingent yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. And, and even when he had Uriah go to the front lines, it wasn't just Uriah that died, but even the soldiers that surrounded him. And, and so here's this king who's supposed to be serving his people, and instead of doing that, he's just seeing them as commodities, objects that he can use. And that's definitely what Amnon's uh, perspective is toward his, his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's really kind of sad. Yeah, I do think power uh, mm -hmm. had something to do with that, or, you yeah. know, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, see, it's just seeing people as being expendable yeah. and not as image bearers of God. Right. Uh, and and I, I mean, we are talking, this is, this is specifically talking about lust, but I remember in college, Dr. Olawar, our president, and um, other speakers there too, but I just remember him talking about how, um, and typically men, you know, struggle with that more, but one of the best ways to overcome that is just by seeing that this is an image bearer of God. This is not a, an mm -hmm. object or a commodity. This is right. somebody created in God's image, and, um, mm -hmm. but that's not what Amnon that's not how he viewed his, his, even his own sister. Right. Uh, in verses 16 to 22, we learn Amnon, like you said, he throws her out of his room. Uh, Tamar tears her, her royal robes, put ashes on her head as a sign of uh, her great grief. Mm -hmm. And uh, then her brother, mm -hmm. her full brother, Absalom, he learns what happens. And he takes her into his house. Um, yeah. And what she did was, was the Jewish mourning for a husband that passed yeah. away. A husband that passed away. That's what she did, the ashes and the renting clothes. So she was really in that grief and really fully understanding exactly what, as you had said a minute ago in the verses, her argument there against it, what was going on. She had lost something, and she knew she had lost that greatly. You see her. She's like failed by her half-brother, mm -hmm. Amnon. And then, honestly, to some degree, I think in verse 20, she's failed by even her full brother, mm -hmm. Absalom, because if you look there, I mean, he's... He says, but now hold your peace, my sister. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? <laughs> right. Um, you know, do you know what's just, you know what's just happened to me? And, mm -hmm. and I mean, I thank you for taking me into your house and now caring for me for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. But um, it's kind of like hide this away type yeah. of thing. And then even in verse 22, she's failed by her, her uh, father. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, verse 21. It mm -hmm. says, but when King David heard of all these things, he was very angry, period. Yeah. Now he was very angry and then he took care of the situation. Mm -hmm. He was very angry, and that was it. No discipline. David didn't do anything as a result. Uh, how do you think that made Tamar feel? Used. Used, yeah. Probably not worth a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And David not doing that, how do you think that made Absalom feel? Yeah. It could be cultural. Uh, how do you think it made Amnon feel? Like he could probably do it again mm -hmm. or whatever else he wanted and never, never see consequences. Mm -hmm. uh, and one thing that God's word teaches us is that sin leads to sin, mm -hmm. leads to sin. Uh, we saw that in David's life, he did not battle the lust. He did not fight it there on that rooftop. Right. That resulted in adultery. That resulted in uh, deceit. Mm -hmm. That resulted in eventually murder, uh, and we see, we see that sin leads to sin leads to sin. Even, um, like, take, for instance, the descent that's described in Psalm 1, right? If you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, mm -hmm. soon you're going to be standing in the way of sinners. Mm -hmm. If you don't battle that at that level, you're going to wind up finding yourself in the seat of scorners. You're going to be with those who hate God and mock the things of God. Mm -hmm. So when sin isn't dealt with, uh, you can find yourself far from God in pretty short order. Oh, yeah. Uh, sin leads to sin leads to sin. Now let's look at that, uh, the perpetuity of sin of Tommy Reed, verses 23 to 33. All right, verse 23 says, And it came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shears in Baal Hazor, which is beside Ephraim, 
And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold, now thy servant has sheep shears. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servants go with thy servant. And the king said to Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all now go, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him, howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. Then said Absalom, If not, I pray thee, let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said unto him, Why should he go with thee? But Absalom pressed him, that he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now, when Amnon's heart is merry with wine. And when I say unto you, Smite Amnon, then kill him. Fear not, have I not commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and every man gat him up upon his mule and fled. And it came to pass while they were in the way that tidings came to David, saying, Absalom has slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Then the king arose and tare his garments and lay on the earth, and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose that they have slain all the young men and the king's sons, uh, for Amnon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom this hath been determined from the day he forced his sister Tamar. Now therefore let not my lord the king take the thing to heart to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon only is dead. All right, and so here once again we see that lustful immorality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't take long for it to lead to murder. Uh, apparently Absalom had like a sheep ranch. Um, yeah. And where it's talking about is like 15 miles north of Jerusalem. And um, two years after that thing happened between Amnar and Tamar, um, at a time when uh, the wool was sheared from the sheep, Mm-hmm. They would have a big festival celebrating it, not and not just that, but even other harvest. It was time of yeah, harvest, so time harvest, yeah. uh, everyone was having these big festivals, and, and so Absalom, uh, he he has a diabolical plan of his own. A lot mm-hmm. like it's another plan to sin, just like Amnon and Jonadab planned to sin. Yeah, uh, and here the plan was to invite his father, uh, King David, and all his brothers to the feast. And um, David declines the invitation. He says, I, I, we don't want you to be a burden to you. And, you know, it's too big of a party and things like that. Yeah. And I wonder if David kind of might have known what might be going on. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do think, I think Absalom wanted David there to witness what was about to happen. Probably but so, yeah. in any case, David doesn't go. But uh, Absalom presses David, please let all my brothers come up here and have this big you know, cookout family reunion right. type of thing. Right. Uh, but, of course, we know that Absalom had instructed his servants there to assassinate uh, Amnon mm. once he got everybody drunk. Yeah. Everybody was going to get drunk, and he said, when I give you the command, you go and kill him. Mm-hmm. And uh, they obeyed their master, Absalom, and, and he got revenge. We find out Amnon was murdered. And um, so the re- as soon as that happened, the rest of the king's son, they bug out of there. They right. get on their this is mules. They're and probably they, concerned about yeah. their own safety. <laughs> They're not sure what all is <laughs> going to go going down on, here. Yeah. And they, they, you know... Uh, get on back to Jerusalem, and I've, somebody arrived there first, maybe a servant that saw all this, and they informed King David that Absalom has killed everybody. And um, it's Jonadab that um, he comes back, Amnon's cousin, I guess Absalom's cousin too. Yeah, been, don't, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. He comes back into the story here, and he tells David, no, 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 not everybody. Absalom's just killed Amnon. Only Amnon's dead. Yeah. Uh, and then Jonadab explains to David, that um, this has been Amnon or Absalom's plan ever since the day that Amnon yeah. raped Tamar. Yeah. Um, kind of makes you wonder if Jonadab had a little hand in this plot. Too. He was more in subtle or crafty. <laughs> He's, yeah. I mean, that's what it said. He's subtle. Yeah. He's yeah. crafty, you know? I, uh, he kind of knew what was going on, even though he seems like he came pretty quickly to David and told him what actually happened. 
What a mess, though, yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like, I mean, it's worse than Maury Povich or some of the yeah. stuff on daytime television. <laughs> what's going on here? Um, mm. Can we agree with that what God says is true, though? Mm-hmm. That sin leads to death. Mm-hmm. Sin leads to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never worth <laughs> whatever counterfeit promises of joy or satisfaction or peace that Satan says will right. come from it. Uh, and really, like, when, when will we learn that? Yeah. And no matter what it is we do, when will we learn that? And that's, that is why God gives us these historical accounts, mm-hmm. um, you know, in books like First, Second Samuel, and, you know, mm-hmm. hi- history, uh, genres of scripture. He gives them to us so that we learn from their examples. Uh, in Romans 15, 4, God, as the apostle Paul, tell us, for whatsoever things were written before, they were written for our understanding, for our learning, that, that through patience and comfort of the scriptures, we might have hope. So mm-hmm. the wise man, the wise woman mm-hmm. will learn um, from both the successes of Old Testament accounts, historical accounts of God's people, and also from the mistakes of others. Mm-hmm. I would like to turn to James 1, 14 as we close. If you'll just flip over there into the New Testament, the book of James, and just we'll read verses, um, let's read verses 14 to 16, as I think it, it bears application here a second I got to get there myself James 1 14 to 16 God's word says but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed and then when desire has conceived it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown brings forth what death Death. yeah Mm -hmm. do not be deceived don't let Satan tell you it's not going to happen. Do not mm-hmm. be deceived. Uh, God tells mm-hmm. us, my beloved brethren. So, um, yeah, God gives us a summary here of exactly uh, what, what happened in David and Amnon's life when they let temptation go unfought. Mm-hmm. Um, the temptation to sin, we're told here, it comes from within us. Uh, yeah, there, sometimes there's external instigators, but mm-hmm. ultimately we, we fan those flames with our own um, desires or fallen human nature. And then when we allow that temptation to proceed in our lives unobstructed, um, it, it always leads to sin. That's what God says here in verse 15. Mm-hmm. And, and then what does sin lead to? When it's full grown, it leads to death. Mm-hmm. And so when I was here a couple of weeks ago, I gave you a quote by the Puritan pastor, Richard Sibbs. And uh, he says, in all temptations, may we consider not what is offered, but what we should lose if we yield yep. to that temptation. Mm-hmm. And um, do you think that when David was on that rooftop and decided not to turn away or go back inside when he saw Bathsheba, do you think that he thought months later he'd be plotting the murder of one of his friends? I don't think so. No. You know, he just was like, hmm. You know, and didn't, didn't do what he should, didn't fight that temptation. Uh, do you think that when David sent for Bathsheba to be brought to him so he could act on his lust. He thought that years later his own son would rape his own daughter. No. That went, not even in his mind. You know, Satan never does that. You, know? mm-hmm. uh, you think that Amnon uh, listened to, when he listened to Jonah Deb's advice, and he thought, do you think he thought, well, my brother's going to kill me two years from now. I'm going to do this. And No, he didn't think of that. Um, in all temptations, let us consider not what is promised or offered but what we will lose mm-hmm. and that advice it didn't originate with that puritan pastor i mean it comes straight from god before the first temptation and adam and eve said god said if if you do this you will surely die 
And what happened? They lost paradise. Mm-hmm. They lost their relationship with God. It was broken for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, their role as stewards of the earth, um, having dominion, it, it was in some regard surrendered to Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy, a lot was lost in taking that piece of fruit, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And uh, it, a lot in David and Amnon's life, Satan never tells us those kind of things when he tempts us. Yeah, he just lies. Um, he tells us that what God says will happen won't. He tells us that God's trying to keep something good from us. I mean, there's so many applications we can take away from this trouble section. Uh, I think one, uh, the danger of temptation that you and I don't fight with vigor. So we need to recognize what temptation is. And then we got to, I mean, it's a war. Mm-hmm. You got to fight it. Um, I think we can realize the impact of our own successes or failures in battling temptation, the impact that has on others around us, especially our families, Mm -hmm. Um, the importance of parents to deal with sin and not just ignore it or cover it up, you know, in the life of their their kids and even in their own life, by example, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the best way you can teach your kids about that is, is when you sin, Help, help them see what confession and repentance means. Like, model that out for them mm-hmm. um, so that they can avoid the, those same painful, deadly mistakes. Uh, when temptation comes and we fight it and we stop it there, it can't ever progress to sin and then progress to death. Yeah. But if we don't, that's exactly where it's headed. Mm-hmm. So, so, kind of a tough passage to study. But um, a lot of truth that we can learn from there in application. Anybody else have any comments or questions?